gorgeous. Good evening. Illuminating. Hope everyone is doing well. Huh? Illuminating. Illuminating. That's probably better than what did I say? Yeah. Uh, we are learning Maseches Psachim Daf Peches. We're starting about two thirds uh, from the bottom of Pezayin and Mbeiz, in the very very thick portion of the bottom of the page, almost halfway down. Uh, we are starting with Amar of Yochanan Mishrim of Shem Ben Yochai, and this is going to just say one more Nakuda about Hosea. Uh, that we focused on yesterday, where Hosea did not do a good job of uh, playing defense for the Jewish people when HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, and he said, okay, Hosea is like, okay, they did a bad job, go switch out uh, this uh, this nation for another one. HaKadosh Baruch Hu asked him to marry um, uh, Gorem, Gomer, uh, Gomer Basti Vlaim, who was the, not a woman of wonderful repute. And uh, then she, he, Hashem told Hosea, okay, now that you've had three kids with her time to divorce, he's like, I can't do that. That's not right. So Hashem says, neither can I. And the Jewish people, at least I know they're my children, but if they're Ben Zanunim, if your children are Ben Zanunim, you don't even know that they're your children. She's a Zona. You have no, no way of knowing. So one more story about Hosea, and then on to some other Agatitas before we get to some Halachic Gemaras. So about 10 lines into the wide lines. What do the following two psukim mean? Number one. Maybe you should not speak Lashon Hara about an Eved to his master, lest you be found to be guilty. In the next Pasuk writes, There's a nation of people who curse their fathers and who don't bless their mothers. So it says the Gemara, what's the juxtaposition for? What is dependent on the other? When you live in a generation where people... Uh, are not respectful to their parents, therefore you shouldn't say Lashon Hara. That can't be Pshat. Ella, halfway down on the wide lines, Ella, even in a place where the people are bad, you should not speak Lashon Hara about them. How do we know this is true? Because Hosea did exactly this. The Jewish people weren't so Gishmak at that time, but he did not, um, but he spoke Lashon Hara about them, and that was very bad. He spoke negatively about them, and he got a what should have been a Musar, uh, but he did get Musar, but he ended up getting Chuba as well. The Gemara now continues with uh, an analysis of, of, our, um, of our, the fact that we're scattered all over the world and some of the silver linings therein. Amar of Yeshua, my dechsiv tzidkas pirzono Israel that the Kodesh Baruch Hu, the tzidkas of a Kodesh Baruch Hu pirzono in the open cities of Yisrael, play on words, we'll see the word is not going to be pure zone in the drasha it was considered a tzedakah a gift that a kodesh baruch Hu put the jewish people spread out among the nations this is like one heretic said to reb Chanino. what did he say we're better than you why are we better than you when you guys were in battle with edom it took you six months months to decimate edom the Elu Anan, however, we, we have to tolerate you Jews. You guys have lived here for many years. So we're better than you. We're nicer than you are. You killed out Adam. We haven't killed out you. So Amar Lo, the Rebbe said, Reb said, I'm going to sick one of my Talmidim on you. He can deal with you. I'm not dealing with it. The top of Rebbe Oshaya, the Amora, he sent her Rav Oshia. Amar Lo, uh, yeah, you, you didn't know how to get rid of us because you have some of us living among you, uh, but not all of us live among you. If you would have had all of us, you could have killed us all. But if, we're, if we live by you and we live in other countries as well, so then it would be bad for you to kill us. It's a bad political move because then you're considered to be a, a very bad 
a very bad nation, you're wiping out a portion of your people. Uh, it's a, uh, the art scroll refers to this as a genocidal type of government. Strong so language. This is what I'm sure said to Homo, that Homo suggested that they don't yeah. So that dialogue that you're quoting might be the backdrop for the next line of the Gemara, because this person, this min, said back to uh, now the Talmud of Oshia, Gapa de Ramai, this is a language of uh, of Shavuah from their from their language of Shavuah. This was our shaklavataria. We want to talk a wipe out the Jews, but if we do, it's bad politics for us. So maybe better to leave them. You know. If you would, yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly right. So this was the svara that the nations of the world. Yeah. So I, I didn't see it in the context of what you just said about Achashverosh, but that makes perfect sense. That makes, and it puts in the psukim perfectly, just to, fits perfectly. We're at the two dots, 10 lines or so from the bottom of Pei Zayin Amud Beis. Says the Gemara, Tani what is the Pasuk Min of Kim Evin Darka, Buhu Yodas Kodesh Baruch understood, and the Torah understood its way, and the Torah knew its place. What does that mean? Yodea Kodesh Baruch the Jewish people would not have been able to tolerate the difficult cruelties of Edom. Therefore, we were therefore put back into Babel instead of in Edom. It has a very deep uh, landscape. That's where the Jews are going to be redeemed from. From death, they will be redeemed. Next, because the language of um, uh, Aramaic is very similar to them. That's what we're doing literally right now. We're reading a mixed, a blended language of Hebrew and Aramaic. It's like speaking yeshivish, like you kind of weave in Yiddish words. It's so close, or maybe it's part of the parlance. But here it's mamish, the same letters, it's the same pronunciations with different grammatical rules, but by and large, it's a very similar language. So I mean, that's one of the reasons why Kodesh Baruch to make it easier for us to learn Torah. It's like going, it's like, you know, you get married and then uh, when things are difficult, you get you get sent back home. And in fact, this is not good Shalom bias advice. I don't know, the following line is not going to be found in any modern books, but if a husband's upset with his wife, where should, where should he send her, sweetheart? Hop out, you're done. So where, when they're in the middle of the fight, where does she go? The base imam. So that's why it's the same thing. Like you get sent back to the base imam. This is where uh, where you were before the uh, before you were in uh, the base hamikdash, and now that you need to be kicked out, you're going to go back to where you came from. Behind Rabbi Alexandri, the Amar Shlosha Chazur There are three things that go back to their source. Eluhein Yisrael, the Jewish people in Galus, as we just saw. Kesef Mitzrayim, the money the spoils that the Jews got from Yitzhak, the Uchsav Luchos, and the letters from the first Luchos when they were broken. Yisrael Hada Amra, the Yisrael, the first of the three that Rabbi Alexandri says goes back to their roots. The first is the, the Jews, that when things are not going well in Eretz Yisrael for the Jews, when, we're, when we are uh, when we were kicked out, we go back to uh, to Babel. Kesef Mitzrayim, how do we know about Kesef Mitzrayim, that the money went back to Yisrael? And the Pasuk indicates that they took the money from the Mikdash and brought it back down. That the letters flew back up, all the way back up, whatever that means, they flew back up. I don't know, is it literal? Is it conceptual? The Luchos, they were carved out. It wasn't actual letters. It was a lack of rock. So what this obviously is not literal, but it's something. It means something. <laughs> Hard to understand exactly what. Bottom of Pei Zayin, of Bay's last line. 
Ula Amar, what's with Bavel? Why did we move there? Because uh, they had dates there. Rashi says and it was a it was a it was a sweet food. It was a sugary food. It had some calories. It made it easier to sit and learn. That's what he's talking about. Ula when Ula went to Pumpadisa, Krivule Tirino de Tamre. Tirina Rashi says is a solid basket. They brought him a basket of dates. Amar Luhu, he said to them, what's the going rate? Kama kihani bezuza. How much do you uh, charge dates per zuz? Amar le, tlas bezuza. You can get three for one zuz. Amar, he's like, wow, that's amazing. Meletzana uh, de dufsha bezuza. You can, you can get a basket's worth for a cheap amount of money. Ubavloi lo aske bel raisa. How could it be that people don't learn around the clock here? It's so easy. You don't even need that much money to sustain yourself. Go sit and learn. What are you, why, why isn't everybody just, just banging down the walls of the base mentorship? Everyone should be sitting and learning. A little bit later that night, all the food sank in, all the dates sank in, and it was not kishmak. The lel yotza aru, a terrible stomach pain, stomach pains. Omar, then he's like, wow, the, the, this cheap stuff that they gave me tore up my stomach. And then he argued the opposite. How do they ever learn? <laughs> if this is the food, they have to go work now. They can't eat these things. They're terrible for you. So he quickly shifted his mindset. In the beginning, he was giving Musa that they don't learn enough. In the end, he was giving a compliment. How do you ever get any learning done? You can't eat this food. You got to go make money. So the Meforshim explained that the food, the, the market price for food in Bavel must have been higher than normal. And just that this one food was cheap because otherwise what what's the argument go buy another cheap food no there weren't a lot of cheap foods everything was a little bit more pricey okay fine next there were many nations that came along they're, they're going to go up to Har Hashem. Why did they call Har Hashem Beis Elokei Yaakov? Elokei Yaakov, what about the other forefathers? Why, why just Yaakov? Says the Gemara, because of what's going on in the Pesukim. By Avram, it says Har. By Shenem Arasher Yomar Hayom Bahar Hashem it's also not the same as Yitzhak because by him it says Sada, famous pasuk from the Gemara and Brachos that speaks about and Ella Yaakov, the So that's why the pasuk is in reference to Yaakov and not to the other. What does that have to do with the Gemara? It doesn't connect to anything seemingly. Not so simple. It doesn't really fit at all. About 15 lines down or so, the day of Kibbutz Galios is equivalent, either historically or hashkafically or practically in some way, to uh, to and the word yom, the word yom is used in both places. So therefore we see an equivalence. Again, this isn't really flippant. It's not just because the word yom is there. There's something deeper going on here. Not, the word yom is all over the place in, in the Torah. We see it all the time. But it, it's not it's not stam. And I, I've mentioned this before that my one of my Rebbe Mufakar of David Miller in Eretz Israel used to say all the time, this was the one thing in Shas he never got a tfisa on. How did the Chachamim know how to do these things? Where did they learn how to do this? Was it arbitrary? I wanted I want it to sound beautiful, so I, I'm compared. No, of course not. There's a rich Masora here. It's just that we're not tapped in. So that was part of the Yerida Sadoros, is that we, other than the rules of the Yud Gilomidos, Shaton Adreshes, and Yud Gilomidos, that we know that we use to extract from the Torah as concepts, but the nuance and the 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 
the real uh, sensitive uh, part of, of the darshaning is very hard to understand. Nevertheless, we should not be looking at this in a casual way. The words yom here are, are really quite specific. We are at the next two dots and we are jumping back into some halachic things. We had said in our Mishnah, our Mishnah, which is at the beginning of the parak of Parak Isha, we said, and we're at the two dots third of the way down, Yasum that had it been that there was a Yasum um, and whoever his guardian was, was making the Korban Pesach on his behalf. So if we were to look back in the Mishnah, it would say, he can eat wherever he wants, no problem. Says the Gemara, if he's eating wherever he wants, if that's true, as we spoke about yesterday, we see here that he has some choices. And if he has a choice to choose at the time of the Achila, it implies that we're retroactively determining what the machshava was, the shas shechita, and that uh, seems to be that yesh breira. Breira is always a um, a today moment that's reflecting on a past moment, and we're making a decision retroactively. Says the Gemara Lav Dafka, Amar Abzera Selabais Mikol Makom. That when you're dealing with a case like this, it's Selabais. It applies to the whole home, and therefore you cannot bring a raya from here about yesh breira or ein breira because it's Selabais Mikol Makom that anyone who lives in the house um, is part of this korban. So how does it work? Everybody who lives in a house all of a sudden is caught under the uh, under the the korban of the father. Is that how it works? Or let's we're going to learn two brises now and then analyze a little bit uh, to see how this works. Tanura, but in the brisa writes, um, I think it's a brisa. I just want to say here, yeah, the brisa writes sela bias. Uh, that the sheep is for the house. He's allowed to bring the Korban Pesach for the following. His young children. They have uh, some partial minor status, minor halachic status. And you don't even have to ask him. Just regular, they're spacing out. They have no idea. And the Balabas or the father of the young children or the father or the, Balab, the Adon, the master of the, uh, the Avadim Kenanim, they're included in the Korban Pesach. So the, the natural assumption without explicating is that they're included. Aval, the Balabas is not allowed to do the following. You cannot just simply assume that your older children are included. These people who have a greater halachic status, they're uh, more independent in their halachic ways. They, uh, they need to know what's going on. They need to know what's going on. This is a shaila that comes up by Ataras Nidar and by Arab Rosh Hashanah. Do you have to ask your spouse, Dafka, is it assumed? So we're, we're asking the question of, do we have to explicate or can it be just an assumption? So we said that if the people are Ketanim or if they're Avadim Kenanim, we don't have to ask them anything. The Stam knowledge is that they are included. But here when it's older children or if it's a, an Eved, Ivri, or if it's one's wife, that's only Midaitan. Tanya Idach, we have another Brisa, two thirds of the way down. These older children, the Avadim, Ivrim, and, and, and a person's wife, they all have to have dust. They have to know what's going on. You can't just assume that they're included in the Korban Pesach. Aval, it's just a, a reversal of the previous brisa that we will see some nuance that didn't exist in the previous brisa. Aval, shochet hu al yedei beno uvito aktana ba yedei avdo v'shivchasu aktana b'midaitam v'shalomidaitam. When it comes to people who are young children, avadim kinanim. So then, in those cases, it's bein midaitam v'shalomidaitam. Even a stamdas, even without them having a specific knowledge, we assume on their behalf that the korban pesach works for them and takot does. However. 
three lines before the wide lines. If I make, if, I, if, if somebody shechs their own korban, and then as well, the shechat rabban alehan, and as well, their master or father uh, makes a korban on their behalf, yotzin b'shal rabban ve'en yotzin b'shal atzmon. Their own doesn't even work. Chutz, except for a woman. She could make her own korban and it would work for her and then she wouldn't follow her husband's. So says the Gemara, what does that mean? What's the difference, halachically speaking, between a man's wife and his older children or his avodim, his avodim ibrim, as it relates to this particular halacha? If we know that a person's older children and that avodim ibrim and that an isha, they, we have to have specific intention to include them and they have to know what's going on. So then why here in this second price, it doesn't say that a woman can exclude herself but the others can't, says the Gemara, Maishna, Isha, first of the long lines, Amar Rava, you're right, Isha v'chol damila. Everyone who's a gadol, so the older children above bar mitzvah, bas mitzvah, and the avadim ibrim, they are similar to a woman in this way, that if they make their own korban, then yuchol and limchos, that would be a sign that they don't want to be a part of the husband's korban. Hagufa Kasha, the Gemara says, that's an inherent stira in the b'risa. Amris, first you said, chutz mina isha she'echol limchos. Uh, the Brisa explicitly writes just two lines above where we are right now that a woman can be mocha. She could say, I'm not interested in time of Damachi. But the reason why she is then excluded is because she um, she contested the korban. Hello, machi. But if she didn't, what's the implication? Then nafka b'shal baiba. Then she would be yote with her husband's korban. That's implication number one. On the flip side, bakatani reisha. But the reisha says de hastama lo nafka. So it seems to be that the there's a machlokas in the brayse about how to understand the stam nature of an isha. Is she included or is she excluded in the korban of her husband? So says the gemara. My elamidaitan. What does it mean in the brayse when it says? In the first brisa, when it says "velo ishto what does that mean? She didn't say yes. It doesn't mean when it's midaitan that it's yes. It just means that she's stam. She's not opposed. So, do we have to explicate and say yes, or or is our is our stam das not negative and therefore good enough? That's what the Gemara was answering. It was So we're saying right now that in regards to an isha, in regards to a banim and, and benosav hagdolim and an eved ibri, that as long as their das is stam, they're included. That would be the, the understanding of the Gemara at this point, that they are included. Four lines into the wide lines, 10 or 12 lines from the bottom. We said that if people bring their own korbanos, and then So what do we see over there? That's the bestama without any without them speaking about any intention. And then, That's uh, not stam anymore. She's showing her feelings. You're absolutely right. But it wasn't about her das. She made her own korban. She was shochet her own korban. Don't, don't, don't be confused by that. When we're talking about das, you're right. It's just a question of stam versus not negative. As long as it's not negative das, she's included. But if she does something and she brings her own korban Pesach, of course, then, uh, then of course it's going to be considered a michu. It's going to be considered a macha, contesting, and she would not be yote with her husband. Next two dots, 10 lines from the bottom. Evet shoshnei shutfin, we said that if an evet is owned by two people, so rami lay rav eina saba, this person's name, rav eina saba, and he asked the question, rav nachman, what was his question? Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, we said that an evet, who's owned by two people, can't eat from either of his bosses. There's another rice that says the exact opposite. Take your pick. Ball number one, ball number two. You get to pick, and it doesn't make a difference which one you pick. Everything is all good and fine. Omar Lay, he said back to him, Eina Saba, Eina, the old man, Pasya Ukma, the blackened vessel. This is a term of endearment. 
um, of people who used to sit so long that they started looking a little disheveled and dirty. Uh, the blackened vessel was not an insult. It was, wow, you, uh, you're sitting there and you're learning for hours on end. Go, you got to freshen up sometime. But it was a compliment in, in his learning. We can conclude from our conversation. In our Mishnah, when we said that an Eved that belongs to two people, that he had, is, belongs to neither, that's when the masters are kapti ahadade. No one is willing to be giving and saying, I, I, you're not allowed to make it. I'm allowed to make it. And the other guy says, I'm allowed to make it. You're not allowed to make it. So when the bailim of this one Eved are fighting about it, of course, they're kapti ahadade. That's why our Mishnah is strict. But Brisa, the Brisa is where the two uh, bailim of this Eved agree with one another. Right, so the low they agree with one another. Everything is benachas is good to go. No reason not to, uh, uh, not no reason not to let him eat from either one. And that's why the brisa allows the eved who belongs to two rabbanim to two masters is allowed to pick from which one he eats. But there is no machlokas. It's just a question of uh, being specific and making sure that the eved is specifically appointed to either one korban or or even to two, and then he can choose. Next two dots, five lines from the bottom. What about the reverse case? Not an Eved who has two masters, but an Eved who has two parts of himself. A person who is half and half. Half of his responsibilities are as a, uh, an Eved and half are as a free person. And the Gemara says there's a diuk from here. It's true he can't eat from his master's korban because he's half and half, but can, he should be able to bring his own korban. Yes, he's an inherent stero because part of him is Ben Chor and part of him is uh, is an Eved, but he should be able to eat his own korban. But that doesn't work because Beatanya, the Bryce writes, Yes, he is inherently conflicted. And someone who's Chatsi Eved and Chatsi Ben Chor, he can't even, he can't be Yotze, as we spoke about yesterday. There are a number of areas of halacha where it's very difficult for a person to be Yotze, even themselves, even themselves. So it says the Gemara, Lokashia, you're right. But don't worry, this is not a contradiction. There was a first version of the Mishnah, and then there was a second version of, of the Mishnah, version of the Mishnah. What really we're talking about here is the Shita of Beis Hillel. Beis Hillel initially said one thing, and then they retracted in an un, in uncommon form to follow the Shita of Beis Shammai. What's the backstory? Says the Gemara as follows. Two lines from the bottom. It's none. If you have an Eved who's half and half the case of our Mishnah, the case that we're struggling with. So then, half and half. Just the way things are. It's the nature of his optus that he's half to himself, half to work 24 hours. Uh, he just Every 24 hours, he switches gears. Okay, to contem is rabo. You, you solve the problem for the master, I guess. The, the master knows how much he's allowed to utilize this evidence. Chatsi ben Choron and Chatsi Eved got it. But this atma lo content. The problem is that you've left this Eved in a very difficult place. Why? Because Lisa Shifcha Enu Yachol Shekvar Chetzu ben Choron. Can't marry another Shifcha. Can't marry someone who's an equal an equal slave because he's, he's partial Ben Choron, and Ben Choron can't marry a Shifcha. And Lisa Bas Choron, but to marry a Bas Choron is also not allowed. Enu Yachol Shadayin Chetzu Eved. So it's twilight zone. So it's very, very difficult. So Yevatel, what's he going to do? He's going to nullify? What is he going to nullify? He's going to nullify the mitzvah of having children. You have to bring children into the world, not the mitzvah. But a different pasuk, there's two mitzvahs to Orisa, according to most Rishonim, there are two mitzvahs to Orisa to have children. One is the mitzvah, how that is executed. 
Of course, we try. Uh, we can, not always in control. Uh, sometimes the answer is no. But uh, when a person is zochet to have children, then we typically assume that a boy and a girl is a kiyum of the mitzvah sasechel Torah of Purbu. However, there's a secondary mitzvah to bring more children into the world. Uh, but this mitzvah applies even to an Eved. But says Beishama, it's not fair. This Eved is stuck. You're, you're trapping him from a mitzvah. So says the Gemara, Ela mipnei tikkun olam, Beishamai says in this b'risa, but because of tikkun olam, kofen es rabo, ve'oso so ben choren ve'kosev shtar al chasidama. You have to make this person a ben choren so that he can be yotze, the mitzvah de'oraisa, of Lasheves Yitzara, of having children. And this is one of the cases where Beis Hillel turned back on their own shita and agreed with Beis Shammai to say, you're right, Tikkun Olam applies here. Tikkun Olam is a hijacked terminology uh, in some of the modern parlance of uh, religions across the world. Um, no, it is, it is not this, uh, you know, go with the flow type of thing. It's very specific. Tikkun olam in this frame is bringing children into the world within the framework of a mitzvah del raisa. Tikkun olam does not mean anything different than that in this context and should not be used in any other way. There's a very specific frame in which this, I remember when I was in college at Loyola, they, every paper we wrote, we had to have a section on how this fits in with social justice. <laughs> every paper you came up with a new shot in social justice because yeah, it had to fit your paper. So that's not how, that's not how Torah works. We have definitions of things. Tikkun olam is not arbitrary. Tikkun olam is specific. Next Mishnah, 10 lines down, So let's say that I have an Ebed and I say, please go shecht for me a Korban Pesach, you're my shliach. Shachat gedi yochal. If he shechs for me a gedi, one type of animal, I'm allowed to eat it. Shachat tule yochal. I didn't specify the animal. I can eat either one of them. Let's say the Eved shechts both of them on my behalf. Only the first one counts. Let's say the Eved forgot what the Rebbe said. What should he do? He should, he should shech both and he should say, he should make a condition. If really he said, I can't remember which one he said. So then, uh, all right, if that's what he wants, that's what he gets, I'll take the other one. I don't care which one I have, and I, I'm the Eved anyways. He makes a condition. The Gemara is very bothered by this because we know a principle, Mashakana Eved Kana Rabo. So what, what type of Kenyan is he making on the other animal? The Gemara is going to ask that question. What if Shachach Rabo Mo'amarlo? Comes back, he's got two animals in hand, but the rev, the, the, the master's like, I have, I have no idea what I told you. Uh, what should we do? So the halacha is shnein yatzil the beis hasreifa termilasos pesach sheni. Both of them go to the beis hasreifa. They both need to be burned. Namely, you're not allowed to eat them. However, you were yotzei the mitzvah of korban pesach. We pointed this out earlier in the masechta that the achila is not liikuva as long as you are in theory able to eat. If you are a chola or a zakein, then you're not allowed to bring the korban at all. But here, you're able to eat. But we have a technical issue, which is that we don't know which animal is yours, and it's us or to eat from a korban from which you're not manui, because we know you have to be appointed to a specific korban. That might be an Isr del Raisa. So if that's the case, uh, yes, you're Yotze, but uh, Shnein Yatsu the Beis Asri. So the Gemara says, Peshitta, of course, the first part of the Mishnah is so obvious. Shachad Gdi Yochal, that's obvious. Says Gemara, well, here's what's going on here. Yes, it's Shachad Gdi Yochal, that's true, but Afal Gav de Regila Even if it's true that you're used to eating another animal, we would still say these two animals are equivalent. Most people don't make a distinction between them. Shachad Tle Yochal Afal Gav de Regila Bigdin. If he takes a Tle, it's also okay to eat that, even if you're Regil, the Bigdin, to eat a different kind of animal. So says the Gemara, there's an added word here. It should say, Ella, Shachad Gdi Utle Yochal Minarishon. So says the Gemara, if in fact you, um, 
So the Mishnah says you eat from the Rishon. Why? You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to have two Korbanos Pesach. You can't be Manui on two Korbanos at the same time. So says the Gemara, fascinating answer, almost halfway down, three lines before the wide lines, the halacha is that we're talking about our Mishnah. When it says, um, when it says that it's talking about a Gdi it's talking about a Melech and a Malka who... They're so, they're so, they have such fancy food, like from one day to the next, you eat in all the fancy restaurants, all the foods become less chashiv to you. This animal, then I'll have the other one tomorrow night. It's not a big deal. So all of them are considered equivalent. It's not considered to be manui on, on two things. And in fact, the brysa from which we asked is the brysa from which we now bring a rai, v'hatanya. This one is b'nichusa, as they, they write on the side. This v'hatanya is not a question. This v'hatanya is a raya. There was a story with a king and a queen. And they said to their servants, go, shech the korban Pesach for us. And they brought two korbanos Pesach. So they didn't know what to do. They weren't familiar with the halacha. They haven't learned this stuff in Shas. Excuse me, they brought the question to the king. And they said, what should we do? There's two korbanos. You're not allowed to be manui on two korbanos Pesach. Two lines into the wide lines. Go ask the queen. She's in charge. She knows the answer to this question. So they said, queen, we don't know what to do. Two, two korbanos were brought. What do you think we should do? Go ask the Pose Kador. Go ask the, fam- the famous Rabbi Gamliel. He'll pass in for they don't care which animal they eat from. That makes no difference to them. Let them eat the first one. Anan, we, however, who are regular people, lo nochal, lo mina rishon, lo mina shein. That's, the, that's the, the raya to our Mishnah that we're talking about a case. We're talking about a Melech and a Malka that uh, they were able to eat from the first one, but we would not be able to. Taka, that's the din. We would have learned from this answer of Rabbi Gamliel that if we have two animals that are brought for us, if it's brought one at a time, no problem. But if they're brought two at a time, then for us, because we're, we're regular people and we consume these foods rarely, so therefore... Uh, we are not the Melech and Malka status, and therefore uh, that would be the din, that by us, we would not be able to eat any of these animals if the two of them were brought together. Another story about the king and queen, though it's really a sidebar because it's not connected to our story, but a little bit of an interesting story halfway down. says, There's a lizard. It felt was found in the, in the kitchen of the king and the queen. This animal has a status of Tuma, and they wanted to be Matame the entire meal. So they said to the king, what should we do? We found a lizard in the kitchen. They said, go to the queen. So they went to the queen. Go ask Rabban Gamliel. I don't know. You got to go ask the God of Lador. They asked uh, Rabban Gamliel what to do. When you, found it in the, when you found the lizard in the kitchen, was it a very hot place or was it a very cold place? So they said, it was by a very hot place in the kitchen. So So what you should do is you should go get a very cold cup of water and pour it on top of the lizard. And when they poured the cold water on, they saw that the lizard was still alive. And the fact that the lizard was still alive means that it's not dead. And if it's not dead, then there's no tumah yet. It might be gross, but it's not tumah. Gross is not a halachic problem. Not in this case, at least. The Tahar, the Tihar, Rabban Gamliel, Kolasu, the Kula. Nimsa, Melech Talavi, Malka, that the king was dependent on the queen. The Nimsa is Malka Tuli, the Rabban Gamliel, and the queen was dependent on Rabban Gamliel. Nimsa is Kolasu, the Tuya, the Rabban Gamliel. Really, at the end of the day, this whole Suda was Talavi on Rabban Gamliel. 
two dots, two thirds of the way down, a little bit more. Shachach, Masha, Amar, Lo, Rabo. If the Ebed forgot what the Rebbe said, so we pointed out that he's allowed to make a condition. If my Rebbe said Tled, then the Tled is for him and the Gedi is for me. And if he said Gedi, then the Gedi is for him and the Tled is for me. So says the Gemara, Shali. How can he say Shali? Masha, Kana, Ebed, Kana, Rabo. He has no Kinyanim. He has no kinyanim at all. It doesn't. Uh, it's a zero. It's also in our in our own home with little children. If, if they're not benayim in in benos mitzvah for sure, um, if they're some mechal shulchan, it's a discussion in the post game. Do children have property? Right? Uh, do they do they own things? This was a, a famous shaila. We've spoken about this a number of times. Uh, just the reminder about the capacity of a child to make a to make a kinyan is present, but to be makna is not present. So if you give your lulav an esrog on the first day of, uh, of yantiv, it's very problematic to give it to a katan. They should have their own, a chinuch set, whatever it is, um, because if they take yours and they make a kinyan, so then you can't get it back from them because they can be kona, but they can't be makna. So these are real shilohs. So here in this case, this evid is no different than that child. He's not allowed to have any kinyan, mashakana evid rabo. So how was he able to make the tznai in our Mishnah? He made the tznai in our Mishnah that if he forgot what to do, I'm going to make a tznai. The tle, if that's what he really wanted, he can have it. I'll take the gdi. So says the Gemara, how did we get around the Samarabaye? He went to a particular shepherd that he regularly used who liked to take care of the of his master. And to the Evid himself, he made one specifically. He gave one of those animals specifically to the Evid. In other words, if we're specific about the fact that he's making a Kenyan that has nothing to do with the Rebbe, that doesn't incur the, the halachic principle of mashakana Ebed Kanarabo. Not everything. It's not a sweeping rule. It's a general rule, but it doesn't apply to every last blessed thing. It doesn't mean that the Ebed can't have any Kenyanin. As long as the Kenyan that the Ebed made was specific to him and to the exclusion of his master, then it can be his. And therefore, that's nine our Mishnah works. What about Shachach Rabo? Uh, what about Shachach Rabo Masha Amarlo? So let's go back to our Mishnah. What did we say there? We said that uh, they're Yotze. They said that Shnein Yatsu the Beisas Refo Upturin Milasos Pesach Sheni. That was what we said that uh, the food needs to be burned. Uh, you can't eat it. And again, Achila is not Le'ikufa. It doesn't prevent you from fulfilling the mitzvah. And therefore, even though you can't eat it, but therefore, you're still Yotze the mitzvah. And therefore, you don't have to do a Pesach Sheni. So, Amar Abaye, Abaye seemingly was learning our Mishnah. We're going to see in a moment that we're not sure where Abaye's comment applies. Does it apply to our Mishnah or does it apply to a different Brisa? We'll get to that momentarily, but let's see version one of Abayi. Amar Abayi, lo shanu, we did not learn uh, this din of our Mishnah. We're only talking about a case where the master forgot which animal he wanted to have shechted when his forgetfulness was after the Zrika. That when he, uh, when the blood was Nizrak, he was in good, he was in a good place. He just, he knew it was a Gedi up until then, and then he forgot he couldn't remember Gedi until after the Zerika. But let's say the master forgot before the Zerika. He's like, wait, I remember which animal I said. Is it a Tzle? Is it a Gedi? So then, that if he doesn't know what animal he was talking about, so how could you, the Zerika on the wrong animal is a zero. So what if he doesn't know which animal it is that he's supposed to shech? Uh, which he's supposed to do the Zrika Sadama, and so that doesn't count at all. Then Chayavan Lasos Pesach Sheni. So that was Abaye's comment. Abaye's comment was that it really depends. If the Rav, the, the, the rub, if the master forgot uh, what animal it was after the Zrika, good to go. That's our Mishnah. But if you forgot which animal it was before the Zrika, no dice. Then you need to do Pesach Sheni. Then you are not Yotze at all. But 
Some say that this qualification of Abaye was not set on our Mishnah. It was set on something totally different. Chamisha, what might Abaye have said his comment on? On the following Brisa. There are five, anim five animals whose oros, whose skins, the the skin that was uh, nifshat from the animal, that was stripped from the animal, they all got mixed up. And then on one of them, they found, they found some type of blemish on one of the animals, one of which would make the animal is, uh, into a mum, into a balmum. So they're looking at these five skins and one of them has a yabelas on them, a wart. So says the halacha, so there we say that yeah, all of all five animals have to be burned. No one can eat them because we know that one of them has a blemish. We know that one of them has a blemish, and therefore they should all be burnt. But uptur milasos pesach sheni because it all happened after the zrika. But did it? Let's see. Maybe this is where Abaye's distinction of before and after zrika came up. Amar Abaye lo shanu our case of the chamisha shenis arbu oros pischem zebozeh the case where the five skins all got mixed up lo shanu el shenis arbu laachar zrika. It's only true if we found this out after the Zrika. That at the time that the Zrika was done, we didn't know about the Yabelas, and all five animals were considered perfectly kosher. But if the skins got, you must appeal very quickly, but if all the skins got mixed up right away in between the, the Shrita and the Zrika, and, and you found out before the Zrika, eight lines from the bottom, no, you, you're not exempt. That's not our Mishnah. So that's, uh, that's where Abai, we're not sure which one he applies on. So then the Gemara says, well, let, let's see if we could compare the two cases of our Mishnah and the Brisa. According to the one who says Abai applies to our Mishnah, it's all the more so true in regards to the Brisa that there would need to be a Pesach Sheni. Um, our Mishnah is a little bit of a better scenario than the case of the... Um, than the case of the skins. At least by our Mishnah, had he just remembered which animal it was, there was no flaw really in Mitzias. There was no flaw at all other than his knowledge. By the skins, there was actually a Yabelas. There actually was a flaw that was about, that made the animal into a Balmum. But by our case, there really was no flaw. So therefore, uh, it's, if, if, if in fact, Abayi's din, his qualification was taught by the Brisa, because came with the who really fundamentally it's kosher. The have a have So Kamishmaya Kadosh Baruch knows the difference there. So we would not apply the uh, the Pesach Sheni rule of Abaye had it been that his distinction was listed on the Brisa and not on our Mishnah. We'll stop here at Amar Mar five lines from the bottom. Imir Hashem tomorrow night, lot and a half, getting to the bottom of Tzadi Yamanalev. Wishing you all a beautiful night.